0: Ah, oh, for Christ's sake, Anakin! Hello and welcome to episode 30 of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. I'm your host, Matthew Nugabauer. It is Tuesday, May the 8th, 2018. The Tuesday, May the 6th week of tide, if you're counting. Uh, yeah, the big 3-0. I'm uh, very glad to have hit this kind of milestone. And also, of course, the first post-May the 4th episode. I don't know if I got to wish you all a happy May the 4th. Um, I will talk about what I did on Friday night in a moment. But uh, today, yeah, yeah is called Infinity War and Star Wars. I thought to do... I was going to do a Rogue episode just on Infinity War. Then I thought about it. But I, no, there are things I can, I can say about its relationship to Star Wars. And so that made for... Uh, in my own mind, a legitimate reason to do a full-on episode on Infinity War and Star Wars and talking about the two, just like I did with, with Black Panther a few weeks ago. But first, yeah, how am I Star wars thing? Well, I, I went to a May the Fourth party. It was, it was fun. It was in the rec room down the old Steam Whistle Brewery just south of the Skydome, kind of near the CN Tower Skydome area, if you know Toronto, if you've caught a Jays game. Or a Leafs game or whatever a Raptors game, may the Raptors season rest in peace. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's a really interesting venue. It's kind of an arcade with a rest with a really nice restaurant. It's owned by Cineplex, that of course is their main thing is the are the movie theaters and it's <coughs> if you know about the VIP Cineplex VIP experience where you have in theater dining and all that. It, it's Sort of like just a step up from that, with the arcade and with the food, but no movie. <laughs> there was actually a, there's a we were in a room kind of the back that's also set up as with restaurant like seating and waiters and everyone coming in and taking an order and uh, there was the stage and this big, the big screen, big screen. So I imagine they can show movies there if they want, but uh, we had. A good Star Wars night event. The one criticism, well, I guess I have too few criticisms, then I'll, I'll end on the, the upsides. I thought it, was a, it could have been planned out a little better. There was a little too much downtime with just playing music without any kind of event. And I know there was an after party with just music and a live performance, which would have been fun. But I didn't want to go to that. Not that much of a night owl going out <laughs> anymore. Um, and my mom was with me and she definitely, (laughs) definitely isn't. So that, that was fine. But also AJ Fry is a great host. I don't think he understands. I don't think he knows that much about Star Wars as much as he should. Uh, he's, he's a good, good journalist on Inner Space, on Space Channel. But, uh, yeah, he, he was, he did a great job. This is, this is my, my. Plus, he did, he did. he's a good personality. He did a great job guiding us through and being out there. He's experienced in that. Uh, Sean Ward, shout out to that guy who is the the heart and soul of Star Wars Day Toronto, and uh, he he put all the things all together. He has the personality to have started this fan event that's now taken off and, and packing out this great venue, getting the notice of of. T.S. Sirkar and uh, some others who posted in it did it, did a video greeting to us saying happy Star Wars Day, Toronto, specifically because I do believe it was the first Star Wars Day party in 2011. And at least the first big one. I don't know. Maybe at least that's the claim. I don't know if that's true or not, but the claim is. We were here first, <laughs> so it was it was mostly fun. The co- the kids costume parade was great. Uh, kids getting time to show off and, and time on stage on, by themselves just to do their thing. And then the adult cosplay contest was was wonderful. So creative. There were Han Solo cosplay, or Solo cosplays based on just stills and trailers. It was fantastic. <laughs> we'll see but uh, <laughs> see how those characters was, there was Kira there's a new Lando there's also an old Lando I think he won uh, one one of the categories another one the the Twilight Sith from legacy the legend line I forget her name Some she just she came in red red makeup everything and it was it's seamless with the Leku and all that and it was a red one she won for another category I forget but and then <laughs> This is kind of relevant to our topic today. Uh, there was a guy with, with Peter the whole Peter Quill get up with the, the Star Lord mask and everything and then like Peter Quill rebel pilot or something like that. It's kind of a... I think won the joking the joke category the humorous category. The trivia contest. This is this is my last thing is that was I was a lot of fun. That was I was nervous I knew I was going to compete. I knew I could do well. Uh, I was surprisingly quick on the draw on the buzzers and did my best. And I I made it all the way to the finals. I'm really proud of that. It was just me and Dominic Jones, who if you listen to Star Wars Underworld, you'll know Dominic Jones, established podcaster, journalist, etc. So I could have beat him if I had heard the, the second question right. And, and being quicker on the buzzer and all that, but that's part of the game. That's part of the fun. I won a uh, Sean Ward got a, a medallion, a Death Star medallion that you can only get at Disneyland and Disney World, and a uh, action figures of Lando. I'm just looking in now. Lando and a Corellian guard. I'm trying. To, I can't remember, but the new Lando, which is pretty sweet. I'm 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 all about this. I'm all about Lando these days. The the new Lando. The childish know, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, so so that's that's one thing. The Star Wars party. I thought I'd share with you guys what I did. It was it was, uh, it was fun. I'll I'd do it again wherever I am, wherever I may end up being in the next year. Uh, it'll be on a Saturday next year, and it'll also likely be Free Comic Book Day. <laughs> so that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a lot of nerddom crammed into one day. That's, that's glorious and so wonderful. Um, hopefully, you know, if I have church responsibilities, I'll still be able to partake. Anyway. The, uh, yeah. So, that was May the 4th, May the 4th be with you. And also with you. Etc. What else am I Star Wars? I'm almost done The Last Jedi novelization. It, it is fantastic. It's again reinforced how... I can keep going back to that. I don't know what it is about that story, but it never gets old for me. I know exactly how it goes, exactly what happens. But I don't think, oh, when are just getting to this next part? When are just getting to this next part? No, it, it's still gripping. And this novelization actually adds some more things. and adds some, adds some things that I've already thought about. It, it ties into canon more explicitly. With some with the the internal monologues of characters and going back into what what they thought understood. Anyway, I will that'll be the next episode because I will finish it and return it to Vaughn Public Library and library. I'll finish it and uh, yeah that'll be the next the next uh, episode thirty one. I am glad to have hit the the thirty milestone. Um, I'm gonna think about where. Season two of this podcast is going. I may, I'm, I'm, I may take a brief hiatus in the summer. I'll try not to, but just fair warning. Last bit of uh, housekeeping. I realized that Podient has the ability to connect to what's this called? Radio Public is is a an app and a. Website and I realized that radioplay.radiopublic.com, um, and you can download it for Android and Apple. And so I will, and so so that that actually I think note I don't know if it notifies that I haven't I haven't gotten around to trying it myself yet, but I will definitely do that. I'll leave the link in in my in the notes here, and uh, yeah, hopefully that that's a good way because. Stuff so the the issue with with getting an iTunes apple podcast is the artwork i haven't been able to i haven't just gotten around to hiring someone i guess to <laughs> do the artwork but i don't know if i necessarily need to i think I, i'd like to one day but for now it's this is hopefully good enough so so that that's that's the news uh, i did get free comic book day it, Star Wars Adventures. Oh yeah, and also, um, Forces of Destiny, just came out, and that that's, Force, yeah, Forces of Destiny, and the Afra, the the latest run in the Afra comic finished. So th- those are interesting. I could get into. There's lots more we could get into. Got my solo tickets. Yeah. Well, well, there's there's more I can get into next next week. So for the time being, swig of coffee and or two. Thanks, R2. So, Infinity War and Star Wars. Now, I was going to title this episode, Gamora, I am your father. But, first of all, yes, I know the quote is, no, is not, Luke, I am your father. I know the quote is, no, I am your father. But it would have been, you get that it would have been fun. So, I didn't want people getting. but he doesn't know the quote. I know the quote. (laughs) <laughs> That's my Christian, my best Christian Harloff impersonating uh, detractors impersonation, uh, but also was worried it would be too spoilery because this is going to be spoilery. The movie came out two weeks ago. Infinity War came out two weeks ago. If you haven't seen Infinity War, my my ten minute preamble didn't spoil anything, but this is going to spoil stuff. So uh, I hope, yeah. So. Shut your computer off, go to a go to a theater, watch Infinity War, uh sit for about half an hour, and then listen to this podcast. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Okay. Consider yourself warned or two. You good with the spoiler alert? Well, he hasn't seen Infinity War, so you know. Um The first thing I should say I'll say is uh uh, it's the first point to be made. I'm trying to bring up this. There's an article on comicbook.com by someone named Kofi Outlaw, and I'll I'll link to that in the description. And talking about how uh, Infinity War is the Empire Strikes Back for our generation, and that I mean that was one of the thoughts I had coming out. That's where the the artwork comes from. This article artwork for this episode. If the artwork isn't too spoiler. It probably might not be. The and, and and I think that works on a number of levels. The first one that the article talks about itself itself is the experience of seeing this film. And again, spoiler alert: at the end, Thanos snaps and people, all these beloved characters fade to dust. And we don't know what's going to happen. There, Most of them are coming back. We know T'Challa is definitely coming back. We know Peter Parker is definitely coming back. We know most of these people <laughs> are. Uh, we you know so that's fine. We know that Empire Strikes Back was the second of a trilogy, but people have still have to sit with this gloom and desolation, right? And, and the point that the article makes is that. Empire Strikes Back was the first time a major blockbuster could leave fans with, without this feeling of extreme jubilation. And yeah, the good guys won, woo! Because in Empire, you know, the good guys get away, (laughs) and and in the Last Jedi, the good guys get away. If we can, yeah, they're good guys. (laughs) Not not following DJ's logic there. But situations, situation is so dire. Even Attack of the Clones, it's a, the the peril is a little less so. But with Attack of the Clones, you I mean you have Bail Organa pounding his fist on the stone saying, "Oh, we did not get the the we did not stop the the Military Creation Act, and now <laughs> there are white clad stormtroopers or basically white clad soldiers." Marching across the galaxy. This is not a good sign. But more to the point, Empire and uh, and Last Jedi. You can think of Infinity War as the second part of a trilogy. It works in that sense. It's not literally the second part of a trilogy. It's the first part of a, a two-part. I'm almost going to bet, you know, if I'm going to... But doing over collider type over under seventy five to eighty percent over that Avengers four is called Infinity War (laughs) two. That's my that's that's my my strong bet. I could be wrong. You can consider Infinity War one as the second part of a trilogy because first of all the narrative of the way it is, and so. You consider the first, so, so that you know uh, all the standalones that we got, uh, the, the the origin stories, I should say, from Iron Man and Cap and Thor, even Doctor Strange and Black Panther and all the these these stand, these uh, origin origin standalones, if you will, and then the things that developed Civil War, especially and uh, Guardians Two, yeah, Guardians is a big one set up. Gotta set up this by getting us to really invest in these protagonists, getting us to invest in these characters, and just the same way that A New Hope really had us latch on to Luke Han and Leia. I should say Leia Han and Luke, <laughs> if you, whatever you want to say it. But you know what I mean. And, and and for most of us, I should say, you know, the Force Awakens actually did its job of. Getting us to really latch on to Ray and Finn and Poe and to some degree Kylo Ren, not necessarily, but you 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 cheer for them. You want them to be. You want them to succeed. You trust them. You think they're right. And just like with Infinity War, comes along in the second part of this trilogy, or second quote unquote second part of a trilogy. The, the narrative structure that. A trilogy can do, the things fall apart. They're wrong. They don't, it doesn't end up. There's actually a very strong parallel. It's interesting just how close they came out in time. I mean, five months later, four months later, four and a half months later, where just like Finn and Rose fail, and Poe fails, and Ray, at least trying to Tr- turn Kylo Ren, fails, uh, all the Avengers. Or fail to stop Thanos. I right, just like how Han and Leia try, or at least on the run from Vader and, you know, on the run from Vader and trying to, you know, at least <laughs> avoid him, stop Boba Fett. The way when Luke fa- confronts Vader and fails to well, I don't know what his objective was going to be to def- kill him defeat him we knew he wouldn't but coming up against that like coming up against such uh, such a more powerful foe invader in Thanos that they they realize oh wait a minute our assumptions our our understanding of, of the balance of the universe at least in terms of the, the power balance of the universe is, is off is wrong and the only way at least you know and the only ones who can find a way out, <coughs> way out sorry find a way out is people who can see the future have some sense of the future and know that actually these characters need to go through some tribulation some stretching uh, you know the like just like you know Doctor Strange Yoda and Obi Wan have a sense. He was our last hope. No, there's another. They have a, uh, you know, Yoda says, "In order to become a Jedi, you have to confront Vader." Luke, of course, goes off way too early, but <laughs> there's that. I mean, even the writers, from just to take a more meta perspective here, you know, the writers understand that you put people through the ringer through these difficult circumstances and then only there they come out the other side different person changed and that's precisely you you hear the way ryan johnson talks about ray's parents (coughs) the way ryan johnson talks about yeah especially that that's the hardest thing you uh, yeah the hardest thing that they could that ray could hear is Actually the parents that she's been waiting for for how many years? How many decades? Two decades? I don't know, a decade and a half. And growing up alone, she's waiting for that belonging and longing it doesn't isn't gonna come from her birth parents. She actually has to find it. And and I've talked about this before, kind of the the baptismal renunciation of, of birth lineage and having to join the family. Just like, of course, with Luke, and this is in, in the the special features. Luke, or, or in the Last Jedi special features. Luke is Ryan Johnson says Luke. The hardest thing for him to hear is <laughs> the title. Of this you know, I am your father. That the you know the very evil that he sought to oppose and destroy. Is within him. Very evil that he sought to. That thinks he needs to actually. Take down with a laser sword. Actually is within him. And. He has to actually. Reach out with compassion. And that's the only way to save him. And that's the closest thing. Again Gamora. I am your father. The hardest thing for Gamora to hear. I mean, we, we see her. With Thanos. Saying, Everything about you. I hate everything about me that's from you, that I hate everything, uh, you know. Yeah, that's the quote. And my point there is... Okay. <laughs> Got my brain off. You, you get a swig of coffee here. Artie. what's my point? So, she thinks she needs to Beat it out of him. The only way to defeat Thanos is either to to kill him or to for her to die with the knowledge of where the Soul Stone is. What she what ends up happening, and it's a little different. <laughs> we don't know if Gamora is going to live. We know she exists in some form in the Soul Stone. But what has to be true with the story here is. Thanos has actually had to have taught her generosity and insight and the, <laughs> the ability to think in the long term and beyond your own uh, your own selfish ambitions that actually, even if it takes you to down a violent path, that's still part of you and you need to reckon with that. We don't see that. that that's my point. <laughs> we don't see uh, her as an adult in the Soul Stone. We don't quite know what's again. Don't quite know what's going to happen. But I do see some sort of way. I mean, part of my my main thought is Gamora needs to, Gamora, Child Gamora in the Soul Stone needs to be key. Especially we see because we see actually. She's the only one, if Thanos ever truly loves anyone, it's definitely her. That's why, again, this is the point. for the story tells us that when he kills her, he gets the Soul Stone, meaning he truly did love her as as a daughter. Not that necessarily Vader loved Luke as a son, but there is that path to redemption that I do think, and that's partly why I think Gamora is key to undoing this and I think Gamora convincing Thanos to undo this I think is the way it's going to likely play out we don't know what Captain Marvel's role is going to be in this I don't know what what other people's role is but uh the original Avengers who did survive what their role is going to be but yeah I think Gamora tugging at Thanos actual genuine care love and sense of responsibility he's doing this it's a very warped misguided reason or, or, or understanding of how to actually make it a healthier or prosperous galaxy universe but he, she's I think there's something about her interaction in the soul stone that will cause him to have a change of heart and if he has a change of heart then That's a big deal. Okay. Coffee. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only help. So the last thing, second point, and I only really had two points here. The first one was, it's it's like a second part of trilogy. The second point is Thanos and Vader. And I wonder if I could go on about this one, but the i mean the reality of you know the reality they're both these very all powerful villains who come at you what's beautiful about infinity war is thanos is not just the villain he is very much the main character of the story he i mean just the the the, the narrative arc that i just talked about you know you 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 have a goal, you have obstacles to to the goal that uh, cause a revelation of character. Cause us, the audience, actually see what this character's motivations and desires are. And even a transformation, potentially, of character. You see with Thanos, he sets out to balance the universe in his own warped, disgusting way. (laughs) But he's setting out to balance the universe for a benign end of greater prosperity. I'll address that in a second. <laughs> the, the the Avengers, Guardians, Thor, all of them, they come at him in ways that are actually less trustworthy. I was just looking on watching some videos and again Collider and how uh, the Rooster brothers talked about or one of the Rooster brothers talked about how uh, Peter Quill, everyone's kidding, Peter Quill, why'd you, why'd you punch Thanos? Why'd you do that? He's actually an unreliable character in that moment. He's actually, Peter is actually acting, I wouldn't say fully unselfishly, but he's acting without wisdom, <laughs> without reason. He's acting on the, his connection with Gamora, and, and I understand that. We understand that. It, of course, provokes Thanos, and it is that challenge that provokes Thanos to actually complete ...take a step toward completing his goal. An interesting note... ...one of the Russo brothers... of which... ...one also made was... how Thor, ...you know... He, ...he goes for the heart at the end... ...when he, when he has... Uh, ...Storm... ...Breaker. Yeah. Goes for the heart of Thanos. And Thanos should have gone for the head. He goes for the heart... ...because then he can look in his eyes... ...and say, hey, I got ya. But of course... ...kept Thanos alive... Game over. <laughs> the Thor is there, of course, again, being kind of selfish and self-aggrandizing, whereas Stannis is able to keep his composure and his integrity, if you will. Uh, again, I'll get that in a second. Taking a step towards his goal, well, the last step where he's able to snap his fingers. And then at the end, that's the thing. <laughs> you see him. He's resting, as I, I'm leaning back to, just to, to be fun, I'm not Thanos. I'm leaning back to, he's resting, he's at peace, and the sun rises on what he thinks is a grateful galaxy. He's smiling, he's probably taking the reality stone and terraform Titan back into this paradise. It is a complete movie in that sense. It is a complete narrative arc. Thanos is on the hero's journey. He completes his goal. Just like... Here's the thing that that I keep saying, at least for the first six films, the main character of the saga is Anakin Skywalker. The main character of the saga is Darth Vader, if you will. We... And the thing that the prequels especially bring us is a deeper insight into his motivations, into how he wants to bring... You know, he does believe the Jedi are corrupt, and he has his bond with Padmé that actually, kind of like Peter, Coe, leads him to you, know, leads him to to not act quite rationally. But he's trying to save her, and he's trying to help her. He's trying to bring order. Thing with a difference, a little bit of a difference, but we see his motivation. He's alone. He's afraid. He's still that nine-year-old slave kid, right? It leads them to think that to, to submit to the emperor's lie that peace and order, peace comes through violent order. And that's an interesting, that's the parallel there with Thanos' idea of balance, right? The answer to starvation and <laughs> uh, lack, you know, starvation, poverty, homelessness isn't to kill half of the people to spread the wealth. It's the fact that what is it? I don't know what the figure is now, but the five percent of the population makes fifty percent of the wealth, right? It's because we lack a culture of we we actually contribute to the common good. We lack a respect for the common good. And so killing half of the common good killing half of the commons isn't gonna do anything. It's just gonna lead to more <laughs> concentration of wealth. And maybe that's what Thanos sees in in Infinity War Part 2. I think to some degree it is what Anakin is able to see at least see through the lies of the Sith that balance and peace does not come through violent order it comes through compassion it comes through uh, submitting to the will of the force which I'll, I'll get to <laughs> next week just like just like luke needs to say i can't i'm not going to defeat the sith by killing vader to show compassion and, and bring that out and so Vader can actually show, Anakin can come back and show compassion and I think Gamora is going to evoke that compassion from Thanos see the way of see so that his way is, is off <laughs> is, is uh, misguided so I think that's all the thoughts I have. It's a bit of a, a bit of a shorter episode, um, but hopefully, you know, if I think of more, I will totally let you know. Uh, that's been. It's been. A, it's been. A. I, I think it's frankly. I mean, one thing I'll say that the article said it's people are, might look back on Infinity War and say it's as good as Empire Strikes Back was in Star Wars. It, it is. I don't know. It, it's it's on a different level this film. The level of, of our confrontation with death and with the reality of death. And that, that's maybe another point with the related to the last Jedi then is you know, the it takes a bit of a different tack because last Jedi also talks about how it has more to do with the way death leads to life and I've talked about that plenty. The last Jedi, uh, Infinity War, other it really is about okay. Stops and says, okay, there's also this reality of death, Thanos, Thanatos, that does come for everyone, rich and poor alike. And so, I, I and I, and what I hope is in Infinity War two, in the next Avengers film, those comments that the Captain America and Vision and, and others make is we don't trade a life for a life actually. Right, we don't do what Thanos is doing. We don't trade a life for a life. Be it to sac you know, the kind of sacrifice that we see criticized in The Last Jedi, the kind of blaze of heroic glory. We don't do that unnecessarily. Or you know, the the way Thanos thinks the economic redistribution thing. I I think I want that to actually come out further because what in in the next film because what that is even if it means the original Avengers actually do have to sacrifice themselves just the way Holdo and Luke did have to sacrifice themselves that's about respecting the dignity of all life and that's in the face of death in light of the reality of death even in death Christians sing. Even in death we make our song. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Having hope of a life well lived. Having hope that our death is actually meaningful and in, in that it supports life. Having the agency to be the person to among the people to to live that full life with dignity. Believing in our own dignity and the dignity of others. And helping them have that agency too. I think I want that. That only gets the reason I'm taking tacking on that on the end that only gets a bit of screen time, with, with especially Captain American vision, Steve Rogers' vision, and those guys. The main thing is oh, but we also have limits. Main thing with this film, main thing, and, and at least a theme running through The Last Jedi. Um, a theme of the prequels, you know, the Attack of the Clones, our politics can only go so far. Yeah. Padme says in episode three this war represents a failure to listen. I see an infinity war. And part of the reason it's so disturbing <laughs> is because it confronts us. When, when I saw it with my mom, she was so angry uh, at the end because. We've connected to these characters. We we want an escape. We want an enjoyable escape, and not something. That's what I think. Some people don't like the Last Jedi because it provokes such deep, deep thought. Maybe that's why I love it. I don't know. Yeah, there there, and there is something to be said about uh, wanting a palate cleanser. Solo will be that palate cleanser. Don't you worry. Again, I've said this before. It's part of it. The fun palette cleanser is part of it. It's part of Marvel. The, the part of the, you know, the, the comic book and space opera genres have both the fun adventure and the fun adventure where the good guys end up winning. <laughs> and the rich, thought provoking, challenging philosophical masterpieces that The Last Jedi and Infinity War are and need to be taken seriously as such. So, R2, you want to send us out? Thanks, R2. If you liked this episode, if you hated this episode, you can let me know at on Twitter at N-E-U-G 485. If you want to request a follow on Instagram at mneug 1138. Think I think if, I, if I've uh, not allowed you to follow, just request again. I, I sometimes do that wrong. <laughs> mneug 1138 uh, on uh, what's the website Radio Public play.radiopublic.com or wherever you get this on Podiant uh, I appreciate you listening for 30 episodes it's going to keep going I, I assure you uh, so yeah thanks for listening to this episode 30 of For Christ's sake Anakin I am Matthew Neugebauer. May the force be with you always.